episode 50. That's a big one. Of KT Confidential. I'm here with Bill Miller and Elizabeth Novoa from our brokerage from Century 21 Miller. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. I'm excited. So excited for this. I'm always excited to come up here and talk to you guys. Well, um, it's the first time you guys are on our podcast. We actually had Elizabeth's husband That's right. on the podcast. <laughs> I don't remember. Do you remember when Rod was on the podcast? Like what episode? Episode 27. Yeah. I don't know. We'll put a link uh, in the uh, description below as well. Um, we had a good chat with him and told us some stories. And since then... We've actually become a Baumler approved uh, right. provider as well. Awesome. So we're in his now um, network. Uh, network and we're going to be reaching out to some of the other uh, trades and Baumler approved uh, organizations to come on this podcast and, Fabulous. and be a part of it. But uh, so today I think we should just chat a little bit about you guys. Maybe a bit about real estate. Bill just dropped the bomb that he's been now in the business for 55 years. Doesn't look 110 years old. But <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> well, I'm still a couple of months short of 55 years, but uh, come January, it'll be the beginning of 55 years. That's, uh, that's unbelievable and uh, to be commended. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we get right into it, uh, do you want to introduce yourselves to anybody that's listening or watching that doesn't know you? Bill? Mom, my brothers. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I've never really thought, I never really thought of who, who I might uh, reach out to, but all of the, all of your followers, followers, of course. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm just excited to be here and uh, ask away, talk about the old days, the new days, what we're doing now, where we're going, where we think we're going to be in 10 years. Where have we been? The guru of real estate right here. Right? Everyone knows Bill, so I don't think he has to introduce himself. That's true. If you're if you're in real estate, you probably you know who he is. No, Bill. Yes. And, right. Uh, and, and for myself, if you don't know me, I've uh, I've been in the real estate world for quite some time. I went right out of high school to real estate administration. And then I went on my own, was an award winner for many years. I sold for about 10 years within the Oakville, where I'm from. Oakville Burlington Market and got into management with Bill and the Century 21 Miller team about four years ago. I was looking for something more challenging. I love the industry and I wanted to learn more about the back end of the business. So it's been quite a journey. <laughs> I think, and, and you're doing a great job, I think. Thank you. Um, thank you. And uh, if he hasn't given you a raise yet, uh, he should. <laughs> But I just, I just, I just uh, lifted Glad her Glad I came chair. here today. <laughs> I, just, I just lifted her chair up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you, you two actually make a good combination for each other um, because you're kind of the, I don't know, the uh, forward future thinking version of Bill. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. a female version. So uh, you, you kind of, you know, collaborate on a lot of ideas, I'm sure. And um you know, you got the wisdom and experience of 55 years behind you. So it's definitely, uh, it's a, it's a good combination. So, uh, treat each other. Well, uh, I, this month actually marks my seventh year with the brokerage. Awesome. Uh, seven years. Wow, really, you've done a lot in seven years. 
You know what? Holy Th- my, smokes. Can you look at it? Uh, yeah. Lost a lot of hair, gained a couple kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but the seven years really has flown by. And um, even though, because, you know, we've got our office here in Milton and, and we obviously live in Milton. Um, we're not at the brokerage very often. No. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was there the other day for a little bit, but um, we're not there very often. But one of the keys, I think, so anybody joining a brokerage or anybody that's going through the licensing phase right now, you know, there's a shit ton of brokerages oh, that you yeah. can become a part of. And people always ask me, why? Are you a Century 21 Miller, especially considering 65%, you know, two-thirds of our business are in Milton. Yeah. And small portion of it is in, in Oakville. We've got a nice listing right around the corner from the office right now, actually. But um, so I remember my first meeting with Bill maybe seven and a half years ago, maybe closer to eight years ago because it was – Maybe about a year before I got licensed that I started kind of interviewing and putting some feelers out. And um, I always got the sense that Bill was there to just make sure things are going to go smoothly and professionally. And um, one thing that I preach to the entire team here is professionalism. 100%. And... um, you know, uh, complete transparency in everything we do, right? Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to be shady in this business. You don't want to come across as unprofessional. And um, Bill instilled that confidence in me uh, eight, seven, or eight years ago. And um, well, now I guess we've grown to be one of the top performers within the brokerage. So yeah. uh, it's been a good relationship. And in Milton. Uh, Well, I I think you're probably one of the top performing teams in the industry, not just in our company. If you take a look, if you take a look around the industry per se, and um, I mean, you know, when I speak to other brokerages, and and I get asked quite often when I'm in their company, "What are you doing? How 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 is your company growing the way it's growing?" And I don't hear if very many issues to deal with and, you know, the day-to-day crap that can come along with, uh, you know, both real estate agents inside and outside the office and, of course, uh, our clients and other agents' clients. And I tell them, and, I, and even today when I get asked that question, I say, Listen, I going back 30 years ago, I started thinking about restructuring and re-engineering our business to accommodate the industry as it's growing and changing. And that this is way before a small little handheld cell phone like the one we have today, which does so many things. I still get asked by a couple of those senior brokers that are still around and the only thing that they've changed is probably their suit. <laughs> they get to a stage where saying, you know what? I don't want to go through that change. I don't want to spend that much money to 
upgrade my technology and my computers and and all the other kind of stuff that you need to do. I just want to stay in business for another five or six years and I'm going to leave it anyway. And in my mind, I'm saying, I don't even think you'll last five or six years. You know, uh, one thing I've learned, Bill, and sorry to, you'll, you'll find this in the podcast. I'm going to be interrupting you guys a lot, <laughs> but I think what a lot of realtors miss is the evolution process of becoming successful. Sure. And, you know, I look at things that we do today that it takes other realtors or other teams quite some time to catch up. So if we implement a process today, I usually find that it takes everybody else a couple of years before they're actually implementing that as well. Sure. Um, so as an example, and here's the open book, like we don't withhold things that we do. Uh, we set up Sono speakers um, in right. our clients' homes to play ambient music uh, throughout the home. Um, we go in there, we set up the speakers, they're there. When the home is sold firm, we come in, we take them all out. We also have a video set up. We've got the Arlo cameras. camera uh, that we set up on the front porch. So Spooky. when uh, visitors are coming in and out of the house, the homeowner has that on their phone so they can see is the agent with them? Did they come on time? Or if the showing's from four to five and that showing is gone at four or 15, you know, you're not waiting around at the mall or going for a walk with the dog until five, five, 15, you can go home at four twenty. So we've implemented things like that. I don't know how long ago we implemented it, about a year and a half, two years ago. Still nobody else is doing it. And we've got things coming in 2020 that will just blow our competitors out of the market, like blow them away. So yeah. um, so what I find is that people get too lazy, right? So here's, here's something that's working. We're doing well. You know, we're a big team or we're a good team. And I, I think it's a lot of fear-based people not wanting to take action. You know, and it's funny. You're, it's you're like anything else in life. Right. And I think your business model is actually quite similar to what we're doing is that Bill embraces change. That's yes, why we work well since when, together. Since you've come on board. Yeah, because I always have My ideas. Whole life has changed since she came on board. <laughs> All in a good way. But I'm a very think outside, there, <laughs> think outside the box yep. type of person. I want to be yep. creative and do things differently. Yep. Just like you guys. How can you stand out? But if you don't actually take ac action and implement any of it, it means nothing. So here's a question that I haven't asked either one of you and we haven't talked yeah. about. Where do you see the industry going in the next five to ten years? Huh. Where do I see the industry going? There's always, uh, for me, in my opinion, there'll always be a need for realtors, 100%. Okay, so technology is great. We embrace technology at the brokerage. You guys embrace technology, obviously, you have a, a fantastic setup. But it's a people business. Yep. It's relationships. So the brokerage setup, I, st I still think, and I even though there is those, you know, the iBuyer programs and there's online lead gen, I get all that. But the, the majority of realtors need support. They need people behind them. And I've always said this, it's a really damn lonely business. People don't think that, right? The consumers, other realtors think, oh, it's social. You watch HGTV shows. 
Um, there's a lot of buzz, but at the end of the day, it's lonely. So can be. It can be lonely, right? And that's why a lot of the teams, I think teams are the way to, it's it's going to get um, We're never more lonely. popular. Team, The team models are going to get more popular. We're embracing that, right? We encourage teams um, and we embrace it within the brokerage and trying to set up more support to, to you know, make that happen. I tend to agree. I think it's already happening to see basically many brokerages within the brokerage. Yeah. Um, Team that's, culture. It's definitely going in that, yeah. uh, in that kind of avenue. Bill, what do you think? Next five to 10 years, what's changing? Well, a lot of things will change yet and all so many things will stay the same. I think people are spending too much time reading articles about the world of technology. There are so many new up-and-coming companies that, and how they go out and raise 150 to $200 million, I have no idea. And then within a year later, they're gone. Yeah. Technology is great. We all embrace it. Yeah. We do it. I mean, you don't even go out and buy food anymore. You just order it on your phone and it shows Amazon up Amazon or, Yeah. But I think people are losing uh, the, the process in technology, and it has made some of our real estate community somewhat lazy. Instead of picking up the phone and talking, with, instead of jumping in their car and going and visiting, technology is wonderful. We, we all understand that. Pick and choose a technology that's going to help you as a tool but this will always be a belly-to-belly, face-to-face business. You know what's interesting? Because I asked this, I don't know where I posted it, maybe on one of our Insta stories. And my question was um, regarding DocuSign. Mm. Okay, so DocuSign um, has changed the way we trade real estate in the province of Ontario because it's now legal to sign electronically and yeah. it's authenticated and it's time-stamped and it's it's beautiful. I think it's great. You can be sitting on the beaches of Cancun and I can send you an offer for a home you purchase. It's convenient, it's for sure. super, super convenient. I have done deals in my pajamas sitting on you know my couch watching a hockey game. I've done that, yeah. I will admit it. Uh, maybe with a beverage or two, two. <laughs> um, you know, and then from from our client's perspective, you think, especially for our demographic, who is, you know, mid 30s to mid 40s, has a couple of young children, uh, kids bath and bedtime at eight o'clock or whatever, and you've got a counter offer coming back. You don't want me showing up at your house, really, do you? No, yeah. uh, you want to put the kids to bed and be able to scroll through it on your phone and and just sign it and and away you go. But my question was, does that remove that human touch? That that you know that professional. I'm here with the offer touch and the overwhelming response was no. It doesn't doesn't affect that personal touch at all. We find it super convenient. That's what most of our followers were, hmm. were saying. So it's interesting you bring that up because it's been a, a hot topic for me in the last couple of weeks. Well, let me share with you, and I'll shorten this up real quick because it's a long event. And DocuSign saved our day. 
uh, we had a, a an agent who crosses all of her T's and dots all of her I's, never uses things like DocuSign, always brings her clients into the office to sign, to sign, and she goes line by line through the agreement explaining what they are signing. She put a house up for sale that she was a part owner in. Had a, a few offers come in, and then this client called and came and looked at the home, and she asked all the right questions. Are you working with a realtor? All this kind of stuff. The answer was always no. Did you sign anything with a realtor? Nothing, nothing. She wrote the agreement up. And uh, even even when that client was saying to, their, to, to her, please send the agreement to me and I'll sign it. No, I would like you to come into the office and bring your wife. And all that took place. The, the house got sold. Just before closing, I get a call from another broker outside of Oakville that says, I wouldn't send, I wouldn't pay out your commission to your agent just yet. We're laying a, a charge in the, in the Toronto Real Estate Board against your agent. Really, I said, tell me why. Well, apparently his agent uh, has a buyer's agreement with the client who bought our house. Okay, so many months go by, lots of paperwork, very time consuming. We have to send in all of our files. It's, it's time spent that you'll never recover cost-wise. Now we're sitting at the tribunal. We have five people on, on the board. The other broker and his agent is sitting to my right. My agent and myself are sitting to my left. And we all have our say. Meanwhile, we already send it all in, but they have, they give you the uh, one last shot at yep. either um, making an agreement between you to share or leave it up to the tribunal. We decided we would leave it up to the tribunal. I was the last person to speak. But as I studied through the agreements, just like any uh, courtroom, uh, both sides have access to everyone's replies. Mm -hmm. So when I, my turn came up to speak, I said, I do understand who this broker is. They've been around a long time. And he's got runs a very good office, and I think his agent is a good agent and does everything he's supposed to do. But I noticed that when you um, and and that buyer brokerage agreement came into being with that agent because he had to put an offer to purchase it on another property prior to that didn't go through. Mm -hmm. But I stood up and said, I noticed that. Um, you had your buyer sign your agreements with DocuSign, so you weren't present. I don't think anyone did anything wrong here. I think the buyer, when he said he did not have an agreement, a buyer's agreement with another realtor, I, I think we should believe him. The problem here is that, and I looked at this agent, I said, you sent that agreement to the docu, by DocuSign that buyer did not understand what he was signing. So when he said to my agent, no, I did not sign a buyer's agreement, he felt he was telling the truth. Yep. So, Mr. Real Estate Agent, I don't think you have a problem with us. 
you have a problem with your buyer and I think you need to go after him for the commission and work it out. And that's been the kind of that gray area debate. We won that case. We did. Because my agent wouldn't use DocuSign and she bought that client in and said, here is, I want you to understand exactly what you are signing. Yep. And that agent has done that. Uh, and she came to us from another brokerage that uh, ended up closing up because of some issues. There's, with the there's a perfect, I, I think DocuSign, yes, it's convenient. <laughs> People want instant gratification. They want yep. it quickly. But what I don't like about it is that it starts disconnecting the realtor. Yep. Well, I think the, the right? and the premise of that story and, and this conversation that... And liability, obviously. Yeah, the gray area there is the liability. So as a realtor, we do have sort of the weight of being a lawyer in a sense that we're reviewing... 100%. Terms, conditions... Yeah and legalities within the contracts that people are signing. And when you get the DocuSign contracts on your phone, it is so easy for somebody to just quickly scroll through, hit sign, and it sends the document away. Uh, And a lot of realtors don't take that precautionary step of walking yeah, on the phone a buyer with or them. A seller yeah. through those documents. We take that for granted sometimes. Um, you know, here we implement that process of walking uh, somebody through it. Uh, certainly, if we haven't done it already, you're doing it at that stage. And buyer agreements are usually signed in person. Um, but it's a bit of a gray area, right? It's, yeah. it's legal. It's 100% Ariel, legal to do it. Ariel, let's take it one step further. In the insurance industry, when there's a claim and there's lawsuits involved, one of the first things that lawyers will say to the client, when you bought that policy, did that agent sit down and explain line by line every every (laughs) paragraph in that insurance? Sure. We all know that 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 does not happen. I mean, you try to read an insurance program or a policy, and you, you get halfway through the first page, maybe into the second page, and you start reading more paragraphs, and, yeah. and you say to yourself, well, this paragraph seems to contradict that other paragraph I just read. It gets so confusing. Listen, I've been around a long time, as you know. I firmly believe, regardless of how good or how bad an agreement of purchase of sale is written, if you have a willing buyer and a willing purchaser, a willing purchaser and a willing vendor on closing date, that deal will go together. But a lot of time can elapse between buying the house and the closing date. A lot of things can change. And a lot of things can change. Illness, divorce, all kinds of things. And if a person wants to get out of the agreement, it's very easy. When they get a lawyer involved and they start, and one of the first questions they say, they look at is, let's look at the signatures and let's count every initial, make sure they match everywhere. And did your realtor really take the time to explain to you everything you wrote? You know, what's interesting is what's coming into my mind here is, I don't know what the stat is right now, about 60,000 realtors in the GTA. And we've talked about this before, that there's always a realtor willing to do the job for less. 
right? Oh, yeah. So we go into buyer presentations or uh, listing presentations. We call them listing conversations and buyer conversations. We go into these meetings with, with prospective clients and they want to negotiate potentially you know, our, um, our compensation for the work that we're doing. And, you know, we believe that we provide very, very, very good value, but sometimes to, you know, the mass audience and, and our client base, it's very hard for them to understand, you know, uh, the average consumer that's selling maybe a $750,000 home that has a family income of $100,000, they don't have a lot of extra money to just give away. So how as a realtor do you convey this? And I think the one area that gets missed tremendously in that value sell proposition to potential clients is exactly what we're talking about is yeah, anybody can sell your home. Is it going to close? Have the T's been crossed? The I's been dotted? What's that process of getting you to getting paid on the sale of your home? Exactly. And that's a lot of what gets missed. Like anybody can market a property. Anybody can take nice photos now and a good video and print a decent brochure. Uh, But one little word changed in a contract can change the meaning of that contract or, or just and to change a have, thought, right? It, it could change anything. And, and if you have somebody that's working for less money, they're probably doing less work. Mm-hmm. And where are they cutting that work out? It's usually in the time consuming stuff, like making sure those contracts are being fulfilled. In sure. Time, right. So I always say it's, it's never a one night stand. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get off. Uh, <laughs> I'm going right? to get off the uh, real estate uh, topic just for a second. But before you do that. Fuck, he's running the show. <laughs> before you it do that. Bill. <laughs> you know, the compensation to realtors, um, it has changed. It has come down. When people saying, do you ever reduce your commissions? We had these same issues trying to collect a full commission 50 years ago when commissions were 6 and 7 and 8%. We're supposed to be professional negotiators, but I can tell you that even today, the real estate industry has done a terrible job negotiating their paychecks. Careful, you're going to go to an ethics course yourself. (laughs) Listen, as long as we're not in a group and we're fixing commission, we're okay. (laughs) But um, I understand the downward pressure on commissions. The internet and the availability of information has made that pressure somewhat. It's really easy for these guys now who used to work out of the basement and good markets and fold up their tent and close in bad markets. But now with the internet, they can work anywhere and and out there saying, listen, we're going to work for zero. List with me, flat fee, this and that. Sometimes when those agreements come in to our office from one of those companies, we have to pay special attention to, to the wording to make sure that it's done correctly. We get agreements coming in from those companies sometimes with offer to purchase forms that were taken out of the marketplace 10 years ago. 
Oh, even trying to book showings at some of those brokerages yeah. become a nightmare. Now listen, I, if somebody's going to list your house with seven or eight hundred thousand dollars, and they're going to buy, buy another house from you uh, within you know a month, two months, three months, why not help give them help them a little bit, give them a little bit of a break? I understand all that, but the real estate agent today should be out there doing the proper job they should be doing and showing their clients the value of working with you. That's the biggest downside to the industry. And those agents, listen, not very long ago, I was on a golf course. After golf, there was another broker at our table and said, oh, one of your agents, who I know has happens to be new because he interviewed with my office, uh, took a listing from one of my senior agents. I guess that agent must have cut the commission to the bone because there's no way your new agent should have got that listing away from my senior agent. I said, really? What's the address? And I will call my office. And I'll only ask the question, say, what's the commission that our agent took? And it's a full commission because our brand new agent went into that property with a full-blown value package. The senior realtors have a tendency to saying, you know what, I know Take what it for I'm granted. doing. Take it for granted. And they get blown out of the water. You know what's interesting, though? You mentioned um, that there's a downward pressure on compensation to brokerages and, and to their realtors. Um and what a lot of the public doesn't recognize is that the cost of operation, not only for the brokerage, oh, yeah. but for for a good individual realtor or a good or a good team, it's increased. The costs are through the roof. Like, and I tell this to a lot of sellers. You know, our our average selling price is around that eight hundred thousand dollar mark, and on an eight hundred thousand dollar home. By the time from when we start our marketing plan and doing all of our work, like today, our designer is at one of the properties we're going to be listing about four weeks from now. So already four weeks from the listing. You're spending money. We're we're spending money and we're working. Jennifer, you know, several hours on the phone with them this morning, things like that. So from the time we start our process to the time the home is actually listed for sale to the public, We've spent about a hundred hours in terms of labor time. Wow, hundred hours, and about forty five hundred dollars cash out of our pocket that we may or may not see again. Thankfully, say, we've sold every every home that we've listed. We have sold, so we have gotten paid back. But I'm putting forty five hundred dollars of my money out on the line and a hundred hours of time. So whatever you want to value that hundred hours at, I don't care. Yeah. Multiply it out. That is a lot of money. And the expectations are higher. And I haven't even taken into account. So as an example, Cam's got to get paid. All the of this team. equipment's got to get paid for. Uh, yeah. The whole team. We've got this roof over our head for the studio. You know, uh, there are a shit ton of expenses that people don't recognize. And so they might think, oh, these guys are doing so well. They're selling tons of real estate. Uh, yeah, we're selling a lot of real estate. Uh, doesn't mean that we're making 
And you help them, right? Lots right of money. to closing. Oh, you for help sure. them. You follow up with them after closing. There's it's a long term relationship, right? There's a lot of it's a lot. what a lot of people don't see is the behind the scenes stuff. And this is what we're hoping to bring into the industry a little bit is because people do want to see that stuff. They want to see do. what do we do in our spare time or what are we doing at work, not just you know, at open houses or whatever, but um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, whether it's contracts or or doing this kind of stuff to bring awareness or networking and all that. So I think the industry's got to do a better job of making it totally transparent. And uh, people also have to recognize you might be paying that um, commission out, but Chances are, if you've hired somebody good, they're they're working hard for that money and they're not taking home as much as you think they are. Yep. The bill's got to get his cut. <laughs> so does the government. <laughs> so does the government. The, um, the consumer is not aware. But whose fault is that? It's not their fault. No, absolutely. They don't, they don't know what to, they don't know. They're trying to buy the cheapest yeah. service they can possibly get. Um. It's our, well, fault. it's our fault. I still believe you get what you pay for. And I gave this analogy uh, the other day about jeans and how you can buy a $20 pair of jeans or a $1,000 pair of jeans, right? How do you know which one to end up with? But um, you get what you pay for in everything you do, right? Anything you buy. I believe, I believe if you can explain fairness and value, people will buy into it. And if you don't believe that, let's take a look at the airline industry. The seat up front's two thousand dollars. The seat at the back's two hundred dollars. That plane takes off and lands at the same, same, same time. time. <laughs> if luggage decides to go missing, it doesn't matter what seat you're sitting in, but it's perceived value. I believe we're the culprit. I believe that we have not done a, a good enough job explaining the true value, and and I have no problem telling our agents to say in front of a, a potential vendor. Mr. And Mrs. Agent, Mr. And Mrs. Vendor, you're going to like each and every agent that comes in and does a presentation for you and a market analysis, but you will only find out if they'll come through and do all the things they say and promise after you sign a listing agreement with them. Yep. Um, How many times do you get uh, a seller that wants to back out of their listing? Not not often. No. Not, not as often as... Um, I would think when entering into management, because I, I have, I sign all the cancellations, right? Um, but, but not, not as often the only, as I, the as only I thought, time I maybe to re relist. I got to say, you're great at signing documents that you quickly. need to sign. Uh, I love that. Again, hope you're compensating her well, because at 10 o'clock at night, I'm still getting contracts I do, I do, I do. I think that's know? a good thing know? about DocuSign. Does he know about all these? I do sign all the paperwork within the brokerage, and I try but, oh, to do no. it but timely. But there's certain manner. things that can be done. It's Absolutely. true it's because I know it's a time-sensitive business. But in the beginning, explaining that agreement and purchase and sale needs to be done in person, yep. belly to belly, face 100%, to face. Percent, hundred percent. But no, no, I, I think our guys are pretty good putting the time into it. I, I, the only time I can think of that, I'm worse than him at interrupting, aren't I? Yeah, I got two of you. <laughs> when I was doing your work back in the day, the only time we ever had a vendor asking for a cancellation is because they have falling out of sync with their agent. 
and it usually involves a divorce. Nasty business, it's a big part of our industry. The wife likes the agent, the husband doesn't, or vice versa. I'll get the call, and I convince them to stay with the company, but I'll change the agent for them. Oh, and I would say another piece of this is price. Right? If, if an agent over overestimates or overprices a place, they can't sell it and they, they want to, you know. The, if the listing the drags ones, on. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where I see it the most often. Right. It's price related. Okay. Now, can I get okay. off real estate a little bit? We can be here all day. It's about no, real estate. One more, one more either, thing. You hang on. Mind. Are either one of you going to San Francisco next month? No. no. For the uh, no. national conference? No. I'm assuming Go you're ahead. going. No. Um, no. Before I forget, early on in the podcast, you mentioned the the camera work you do on your open houses. I'm not so sure up in Milton, but down in Oakville, over the last year or so, there's been a rash of people coming into open houses pretending to be a potential client. They will usually come in a pair, husband and wife type thing. And one will go upstairs, one will go downstairs. And if there's only a single agent on duty, you can't watch and see what's going on. And there's been a series of thefts. And my thought was, when I heard you talking about bringing the cameras in, I think that's something we ought to take a serious look at and promote for all of our open houses. Well, we our So we install the camera. Throughout the whole process, right? Yeah, right yeah. from the even before the home is listed until the home is sold firm. Uh, And it's not on the inside of the home because I think it could get into a bit of a legal gray area for privacy. And even if you're in somebody else's home, it's marketed uh, to the public for showings and for viewing. Um, So I don't know about that. Although if the homeowner has their own camera, like everybody's got the nanny cams in the kids' rooms. What do you think? People shut them off when their home is listed for sale? No way. They're tuning in to that Nest app or whatever and listening into what's being said but um you know uh, do you put a sign out notifying your client or the potential clients as they're coming through the home that i don't know, smile you're on ca- camera or whatever no nope. let them know no nope. so it's, but but uh, during and I, I don't think the thefts are happening during showings because they're with an agent the, these thefts are are happening during open, open housing for the few hours that's open. And it's pretty much impossible to watch everything. Well, and I think, I think realtors and the industry as a whole should be educating mm-hmm. sellers that, you know, proper precautions when your home is, is maybe we got to do that as a, a little video series. Um, Hide your jewelry or put, you know, don't leave things out. I mean, but you nailed it. It's education. You have to explain it. You well, what a lot of people it. will do, okay, so they won't leave their, you know, their watches or their jewelry or whatever out in the open, but they'll tuck them away in a drawer somewhere. Clothing drawer. Well, how yeah. easy is it to just, you know, if, yeah. if uh, for theft, yeah. you know, open a drawer. Nobody's going to steal your clothes unless you've got some really expensive stuff, but... You know, they're going to be looking for the stuff that's easy to put in their pockets, mm-hmm. the cell phones, the jewelry, the cash, the collectibles, whatever. Package it up, put it in storage, put it in, you know, somewhere, put it in somebody else's house that you trust. Uh, I don't know, but get it the hell out of the house. Like, why is it even there to begin with? So, 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, my, my thought was just with open houses. So I, I, we, I mean, you can, we can carry this on and on, but just for the two hours of the open house, two and a half hours, should we be setting up some cameras and let everyone who comes in know? Can you that run that have, by the? That we have some cameras. The new up. lawyers in the office. See what they have to think about. We're excited with these two new lawyers. They're. Uh, they're yeah, I don't want to talk about them. Fun. No more real estate. Fav- favorite food. Go. Ooh, ice cream. <laughs> Flavor. <laughs> Mint chocolate. <laughs> Mint chocolate. <laughs> yes. Uh, from any particular vendor? Well, I'm on this eight-week meal plan challenge, so I don't really want to be talking about it's ice cream weeks? and food right okay, now. Okay, tell me about this eight-week food challenge. Yeah, you must so be driving I'll give a shout-out to F- miserable. Not yet. Not I haven't yet. been a total bitch yet. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to give a, a big shout-out to F45 in downtown Burlington. They're, they're great owners, a great energetic bunch, and we're doing this eight plan. It's meal plans, working out five to six days a week, no coffee, no alcohol. Okay, so that that's that's gonna be a tough one. But no I'm alcohol, glad. no coffee no for alcohol, eight weeks. No coffee for eight weeks, but thankfully uh, it's gonna be finished. The team um, would want to just before our Christmas party. If, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, so. Forty five should put another program out for the spouses of their clients. <laughs> yeah, seriously, to how counseling. To handle them. Counseling. <laughs> You're gonna need extra coffee and extra <laughs> alcohol to put up with this crap. So that's my so, favorite. Okay, food so what's part of what's the Part of the meal plan, though, for this eight weeks. Oh, it's lower calorie, about, I would say, 1,300 calories for females. Um, a lot Where of you would usually protein. have about 2,000 or 1,800? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Small little breakup meals and snacks, but it's working. It's, it's been working. I feel great. And um, I think everyone knows I'm pretty <laughs> athletic, so it's, it's my therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And you're an early riser too. So, um, yeah, they, getting up in the morning and having a coffee must have been a part of your yeah, normal routine. I, you know what? I switch it to tea and it's that's not been an issue yet. Yeah. But yeah, I am the crazy one that gets up at 4 30 every morning, or well, at least uh, four or five days a week. Yep. And I like to, I'm, I'm an early riser and I'm the best in the morning. Yeah. I like that about you. I think that's um, one of the things that I've, tried to do myself on a more regular basis. And since we had the twins, it's much easier. Yeah, the push to do it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm probably already up anyway, or, or you know, my body now is just trying to um, start a little bit earlier. Sure. And I love that. Like we, when you guys arrived here at 930, you were talking about whole bunch of realtors still probably in bed or, yeah. or haven't started we're their both, day. We're both early risers, I would say. Yeah. I'm telling you my best work is between 5.30 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. I usually will get my entire day done in those three hours because everybody else is still sleeping or whatever. And so I work a lot of the times in the morning out of my home office. I go downstairs. I'm still in my pajamas. I've got my coffee. I'll do my little bit of reading for the day, get myself caught up on whatever I need to make the plan for the day. I feel great. 8.30, I feel great. Take the dog for a walk, you know, spend some time with the kids in the morning and then come here. Um, and then gives me the time to do this kind of stuff or go out networking or, you know, I'm taking a client for lunch this afternoon. Frees up your, your day a little bit. So for those realtors that are dragging their ass and not starting their day till 9, 10, 10.30, Well, they're 11. doing exactly what the consumer thinks you do. 
you work, you start working nine o'clock and you're going to go show a house or two or whatever. They don't, the consumer doesn't understand that, you know, our work day can start at four in the morning. And, and we and have that four in the morning. <laughs> they don't seem to understand that even after a deal is written and accepted, there's 52 more things to do to keep that deal. Oh, at least. To make it close. Hang on. Favorite food. Well, I'm a foodie. I love all food. But favorite would be uh, chicken wings, hot, with a beer. <laughs> or poutine from Quebec. Uh, favorite place to get said hot chicken wings? Right now would be the Fire Hall in Bronte. Yeah. I haven't been to the new location yet. Oh, it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. Yep. They do a great job and they have... Uh, a number of different ways of doing their chicken wings. Yep. But it is a, a, a chicken wing place. Mind you, they have burgers and pizzas and stuff as well. So if you go into the fire hall, how are you ordering those wings? Hot. Any special cook to them or they just deep fry them and toss uh, them in hot sauce? Not breaded. Not breaded. Um, just their hot sauce and <laughs> nothing else. And beer? Unfortunately. What kind? Perona. Nice, cool beer to warm. Chicken wings uh, and ice cream. I got a sweet tooth. <laughs> <laughs> look how healthy we look. Uh, favorite place to travel? Ooh. Well, I am going to Malta next year, which is where my mom, my mother's from. Okay. Been Have once, you been there? Been yeah. once when I was young. We stayed for just over a month. It's, um, and no, I, I, it's, it kind of grounds me, puts me to my roots, and um, it's a small small community. So I would say Malta is de definitely one of my favorite places. And you my, going with the whole family? Going with the whole family. We're doing Italy and Malta. It's been on my bucket list for, you know, quite some time to go as an adult. How long are you going for? Uh, I would say two weeks in total for both two in weeks the summer. I haven't told Not them yet. yet. Oh shit. <laughs> Surprise. You can't say no on camera. <laughs> I may have to go with her. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited about that. And I also loved, uh, my husband's from Chile. Mm -hmm. He's born, born and raised in Chile. And I love the culture. Love it, love it. Great people. Um, very family oriented. So I would say, you know, and if it's for hot, obviously I love Aruba. We go to Aruba almost every year. Yeah, I've seen um, some of your photos. It's just a safe bet. Yep. Consistent weather, nice people. So when you go to Aruba, safe. are you staying at an all-inclusive All-inclusive, just like the Rio. The yeah. kids, it's easy. It's, yep. Yeah, so I would say those are my top top three, a little, little piece of each Bill, one. Favorite place to travel? Well, there are so many nice places to travel. And, of course, when I kept a boat, I was in the Bahamas a lot. Um, and, of course, Florida. But over the last year, and of course the upcoming year, because I love playing golf, I go uh, where the best golf is, which is Palm Springs, California. And How uh, many rounds did you play this year so far? Well, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to give a number. <laughs> but when I'm away, I'll play every day. Right. But when I'm here, I only play once or twice a week. That's right. Because I do have a job. You know, they, <laughs> they, they love me. Let me, to let be me tell you something, though. <laughs> I mean, golf, and, and I've considered actually getting a, a Club Link membership 
because um, I think it'll force me. I didn't play around this year, and I love I love golf, right? Um, but sometimes, you know, it it for me it takes the whole day. It's a time. It does. It, it does. It takes the whole day. Yeah. And I like golfing early morning, but not too early. Like if there's still that crusty frozen dew on the grass this time of year, or I guess maybe now is a little late, but like if it's too cold and my hands are shivering uh, first thing in the morning, not for me. Um, but then, you know, in the summer months, if you're too late into the morning, it gets too hot. So you have to have that balance. So I like, you know, a maybe 7, 7.30 tea time. But then that takes you to lunch by the time you're done. And then, of course, you know, chicken wings and beer come out. And you've just... The whole day and a night event. So by 2, 3 o'clock, you're trying to wrap it up. And I don't know, I get tired. I'm like, well, I need a nap. But it's great networking. The conversations Bill has on the field. So exactly what I was going to mention is that... Anytime I go out golfing, I actually prefer if I'm going with people I don't know and I just go by myself and get paired up with random people so I can meet people. And um, I've told this story before. The uh, uh, my previous boss, um, who's a member at Greystone, ended up purchasing the land that Milton Toyota and Milton Hyundai are on. Coincidentally, because he got paired up with somebody at his golf course that happened to own the property Mm -hmm. and he happened to be in the market and, um, you know, they came together on on an agreement basically on the golf course. So, um, you know, you meet you meet people. I'll tell you a quick funny story, though. So Steve, who's been with us almost three years now in his first year, I wanted to get to know him a little bit better and found out that. You know, he likes the golf. He's not great at it, but he likes the golf. <laughs> so I said, okay, um, meet me at uh, Granite Ridge at 8 o'clock in the morning and we'll go play around my treat. Okay, no problem. We get to the golf course and I say, Steve, I don't know how often you golf or what you do when you're golfing, but when I'm golfing, I like to do a little bit of networking. So I'm going to ask the uh, starter to tee uh, us up with um, uh, a couple other golfers and and we'll go out as a foursome with a couple people we've never met. Oh, sounds good. I want to, yeah. All right. Get up to the starters uh, block there and um, starter comes over and he says, okay, I'm going to pair you up with these two guys. They're coming down now with their, their bags. Uh, Just hang on a few minutes. Okay, no problem. The guys come up, say, hi, I'm Ariel. Hi, I'm Steve. Everybody introduces each other. Great. Off to a good start. You know, pull out the drivers, ball goes down the fairway, and um, we hop in the carts. We get to the first ball, and one guy says, uh, so what do you guys do? Oh, we're realtors, part of a very successful team here in Milton. What do you do? I'm a realtor. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Where do you work out of? Milton. Okay. Well, nice to meet you. Go over to the next ball. The other guy gets out of the cart, about to hit his ball, hits his ball, and he says, uh, so guys, the stars must have aligned today. Said so why? He says, I'm a retired realtor. <laughs> so here we are trying to network, and we get paired up with uh, 
couple of realtors, but, uh, but you're absolutely true. It is a great place to network. And when, when I was an active in sales and, uh, I, I, I was one of the first club link members and in spite of the fact that I know four or 500 people, when I go there, a lot of times I'll just say, I'll go with three strangers and sooner or later, you're all going to ask one another what you all do. And, but when they find out you're a realtor, that's the cop topic of conversation. Yeah, everybody loves talking yeah, about yeah. real estate, right? And we, you I've, golf? We've done very well with that. Better get on I that. I know. It's funny because uh, we, we live across the street from a golf course. Tandaga? Like, yeah, like adjacent to the golf course. And I've never golfed. I'm a very high paced. I used to be a soccer player. I boxed. I like very high paced sports. So for me, I think I would go a little nutty. I'd go a little crazy. It might tone so, you down a little bit, it though. Might, it might bring some peace and be relaxing, but then I'd have to get more days off in order to go. Well, Bill, are you a member of a course right now? But maybe I'll teach me. I've never been Yeah, taught. I'm a member at the Club Link, yes. at Rattlesnake, and the Burlington. Okay. But I think it would be but good for now. I think maybe networking. we should bring a, a, a punching bag in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right in my office. Have we, a workout and room. We, and we can think of a few people. She might put your face on that bag. Because <laughs> sometimes You got the I, golf ball, I got the punching bag. Sometimes I hit the best, longest drive ever when I put someone's face on the ball. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, here's a question for you, Bill. For those that are thinking of becoming a brokerage or buying into a franchise for a brokerage, whatever. Biggest advice for somebody out there thinking of doing what you do? Do your homework. Just do your homework. Speak to every brand that's available. Take notes. Ask lots of questions. Um, What's the biggest challenge you have as a brokerage owner? The biggest challenge would be surrounding yourself with quality people. And it takes sometimes decades to do that. When we bought this gal in, not only our office changed, even I changed. I feel so much more comfortable in it and, and at ease knowing that this gal is behind the helm running the day-to-day. But even she will probably tell you, in that first year, it was, this is management. Hmm. But once we get her into a few programs, and another year goes by, and two years go by, and three years go by, and we're, and well, one of the reasons we're not going to San Francisco is because it's too close to our management meetings, mm-hmm. uh, our chairman's circle, which is actually in uh, Mexico this year. But once she... She's still graduating. She's still learning. Well, aren't and we all? taking more courses. Are, yeah. But I don't, for those who want to go into the franchise network or become a broker owner, I don't think they really truly understand what's involved to run the day-to-day business. The day that they become a broker owner, they don't realize that they just probably lost the best salesperson they had in themselves. Yep. And I've seen that. It's best to do exactly what you guys are doing. You're running your own brokerage, doing your own sales, 
but you don't have to rely on all the backroom stuff that's taken care of. Yep. Trust accounts, FinTrack. And for a oh, new, sure. There's a lot for of a new broker starting up, if you don't, because other brokers have started up, you need a hundred salespeople to make those numbers work, to be able to provide the level of uh, training and coaching and, 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 and accounting and administration. You need a hundred active salespeople. So when you budget to open a brokerage, you need to budget for a five to seven year loss program. Yep. It's not just buying the front. That's the cheapest part of the deal. But it won't make any money for a long time. Seeing a lot of it takes a long time to build that many. You got to remember all the other senior brokerages that have been around are still competing for that same agent. Yep. Seeing a lot of brokerages and a lot of franchise go belly up right yeah. now. Uh, okay. Your biggest advice for people thinking about getting into real estate, getting into the industry? Treat it like a business, work. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, yep. but treat it like a job. Get up. Get dressed and be prepared and talk to people. It, sound, it sounds so simple, but, you know, a lot of new agents come in and they say, well, what do I do? Where do I start? Well, it's custom for everyone. we got to use your strengths. But there is no roadmap. There is no, here you go. A lot of people Take don't that. treat it as being. They don't treat it like a job. Self-employed. Yeah. And that, that is the thing. Like so I'm opening my own business. You're a CEO of your own business. Yep. That's that's how they have to think. They're not yep. employees, right? So it's really talking to people. Don't hide behind the computers. And, you know, I, I always use, um, well, I'll give it a shout out to Leo from our office. Because Fuck Leo, Leo. Leo is on the phone I love all He's a good guy. the time in the office talking to people. Always talking to people. And even when I was a salesperson, I remember the top producers that I was surrounded by, and I was surrounded by many, and I owe a lot to them, always on the phone, always talking to people. So it was always in my head that you just need to talk to people. Yeah, Follow up your database, it. chat. Um, just being touch there base. And, and, and meeting new people. Yeah. It's a huge part. Biggest pet peeve? With the industry? Realtors. Let's stick to realtors. Come on. Let's give us the juice. Biggest pet peeve, and I can say this because I am a broker, is playing the victim. Give me an example. No matter what brokerage you go to, it it's on you. You need to have the drive. You need to do the work. You need to be motivated. Right. It's up so to you. So your biggest you. pet peeve is the is bitchers blaming, and Blaming, you know, we, all, we can all blame the industry. It's tough. We get it. But blaming the industry, maybe blaming the brokerages, blaming the help, the assist or admin, or it all comes down to you. Yeah, 100%. Look in the mirror. So okay, playing the victim card is probably my biggest pet peeve. And I, I could say that even for management and for everyone. I can tell you now, seven years of trading real estate, doesn't seem like a long time, but it, it kind of is, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially to be performing, I think, at the level that we're performing at. Um, I've learned a lot, and I've learned that through good times and bad times when the market – everybody always asks, how's the market? How's, how's the market? Like I get asked that almost daily. The market for us is fucking fantastic is my answer because it's we're always perfect. busy. Yeah. 
I don't care if it's October 1st or January 15th or August 1st or give me a day in the year. We are busy because we set ourselves up to be busy. And um, so for those realtors that aren't performing, that are blaming everything else, everything around them, the brokerage, the the market, the competition, the election. The There's election, too many realtors. Donald Trump, Justin Trudeau. Fuck off and get to work. Mortgage will rates. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and you you nailed it when you said, you know, you you implement systems and that's whatnot. Some bleeping out to do maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, but you get it done quickly. So that's an, that's another thing. I think people overthink this business way too much. You need to take action. And I see that a lot with with newer agents is that there's a, there's fear. There's so much fear based in anything. But in this industry, it's huge. Huge. I agree. Right. So some people are even afraid to reach success. There are there are that are, are afraid to reach that and can't keep it up. Right. Or fear of failure or rejection. I think the biggest thing that I struggled with from going from entering the industry as a new realtor to growing the team and, and becoming a top producer is just staying on, staying forward thinking. Yeah. You know, um, because if you're not taking that next step, you're not taking that next step. And right. a lot of people fear that next step because they don't want to fail or they feel like they've got something good going on and um, don't want to disrupt it. But if you don't change, especially in this environment, you're you're going to fail. Um, so we got to wrap it up here. Any uh, last things you guys want to talk about? Hmm. There's a whole lot of things. <laughs> I mean, and we, well, could, we can we have can, you back for another. No, no, episode, I was going to say we could save for another day. But when you were talking about pet peeves, it reminded me of uh, there was a reason I didn't ask you. <laughs> That's why you were looking. <laughs> no, but, but we could put a mirror throughout our whole office because here's a typical. So when we're in the office, we try to mingle around and talk to agents all the time, and someone will say, "Man, I just can't get anything going. Nothing's going on." And we always ask them the same thing. Well, how many new people have you spoken to uh, today or yesterday? None. How about five? When is the last time you spoke to at least five new people? This week? Last week? Last month? No, no, no. It's the same old, same old. And that same person is already, and you know that same person's already been to Elizabeth, Natalie, one or two of the other agents asking the same question. Got great support in the brokerage to help people like that. And, and, I tell them, I tell everybody the same thing. Listen, put your name badge on or put a gold jacket on, go to Tim Hortons, stand in line, and then turn around, look out to the parking lot, pretend you're looking for your buddy. Someone behind you will read your name badge and they're going to ask you a real estate question. Can I tell you a funny story? The business is that simple. I want to tell you a funny story about the name badge. Because when I started at the brokerage, you know, we got this welcome package, which included this big, ugly name badge. And I'm like, seriously, you want me to wear this? Okay, I'm going to take one for the team here. Um, I hope you guys aren't still We're not, those we're not. That was an old thing. Freaking awful. <laughs> anyway, so I didn't know any better, right? Like, 
just turned 30 years old joining a, I was probably one of the um if not one of the youngest, youngest the youngest realtor at that time at the brokerage I don't know and um putting this huge ugly name badge on and going out and okay whatever I did something and I've said this story maybe I've even mentioned it on a podcast I'm all about I'm I'm pretty outgoing. I'm an outgoing person. Um, I don't meet new people that often, but I'll, I'll I'm going to actually give you guys a little tip today. Sure. But before I do, I'll finish the story. I took the name badge and I turned it upside down every time I went shopping for groceries, or any time I was out in you know, in, in a public setting where somebody, I know somebody will see the name badge. So I used to turn it upside down and, you know, I was a few weeks into the business, right? Or maybe a month or so. I get to the cashier. She looks at me. She goes, oh, your, your name badge is upside down. Oh, really? So I turn it right side up. She looks at it again. She goes, oh, you work for Century 21? I said, yeah. She says, do you deal with rental properties? I said, of course I do. Did you need some help? She said, actually, I do. I said, what time do you get off work? Whatever time it was. I said, okay, why don't you meet me at Starbucks right across the street at 7 o'clock? We'll just have a quick chat and see if I can help you and if we're a fit for each other. That's great. Got a lease deal out of it. And it worked. Yeah. yeah. Because my name badge was upside down. Okay. So I have uh, a tip and hopefully some of the, some of my colleagues at the brokerage are listening to this and sure. this will be my little secret sauce for you for the day. Thank you. I don't meet five new people a day. Today, I probably won't meet any new people face to face. But I'll meet a shit ton of new people on Instagram. Yeah. Things are changing, Bill. You don't have to put yourself in a position where you're uncomfortable. And, you know, Steve Bruman, who's killing it this year, I forced him. Do we have any photos or video of him lawn bowling? No. <laughs> I forced him to to start a new activity because he's he is a lawn bowler type. Once you get to know Steve, (laughs) he's he's an awesome guy. His clients absolutely love (laughs) him. He's He's here. Just come in real quick. How are you feeling today? Oh, he's got some scruff on him. He wasn't feeling that good the last few days. You do look like a lawn bowling type guy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, so, I'm so happy to see you too. <laughs> Is he spraying your, his germs in there? Yes. Yes. Oh, geez. Get out of here. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. I'll tell your oh, lawn bowling story without him. <laughs> Jen's going to kill you if she gets sick. I'm, I'm I know. Home. Every time you're sick. Just go. Goodbye. <laughs> I kick everybody out once they're sick. Anyways, I forced him 
to do something extracurricular where you were meeting new people. Yeah. And he just got his uh, SRES, the senior, senior designation, um, yeah. designation to help seniors in, in their next stage in life or whatever. And I said, why don't you couple those two? He said, well, I have been thinking about joining and checking out the lawn bowling association down the road here. So we forced him to go and do it. That's great. Um, so some things like that, you make it a part of, you know, a your hobby, life, your, lifestyle. your lifestyle. Don't go out and do something that you absolutely dread. Agreed. So if you like to golf, go and golf and meet new people. If you like to work out and box, go box and meet new people. And the rest of it, get active on Instagram, get active on social media because you can meet. We what? had, we had, so uh, what episode was Chad here? 48. 48 or yeah, well, in a recent episode, Chad Owens, a, a, a former CFL player, uh, world champion, you know, this guy's uh, got entrepreneur on his mind. He was um, uh, 2012 uh, most valuable player for the Argos when they won the Grey Cup. Wow. Uh, he was here on our podcast. Uh, we met him on Instagram. He came onto the podcast after the podcast says, I need some help buying a, buying a house. And so I, Chris I, is working with him on buying a house. I'm a house. huge believer in social media. Like I, we always use you guys, right. As a good example, but there is fear. I agents seem to have a fear of digging into it. You know and what even it is? Starting video. What is it? What do you think it People is? People don't like seeing themselves and are right. Am I right? People, so it's, it's a vulnerability then. Yep. You just have to be totally okay with how ugly you are. That's, that's, that's what that's, you are. <laughs> that's, that's what I tell people. Yeah. Because you might be good looking. You might not be good looking. It doesn't matter. If you think you look ugly in the video, that's your problem. Yeah. You look the way you look. The video is capturing that, you. That is a huge. I'm telling It's the, the biggest fear of people don't enter. The this. video is capturing you exactly how everybody else is seeing you. So everybody else is seeing you anyways. We have cameras rolling here all the time. And I don't care. Cameron will take video of me doing anything. And do I ever? No, just keep it rolling. I don't care. Why? That's what people want to see. That's how I'm going to meet Real. people. That's how people see who I am. Good, bad, ugly, other. doesn't matter. It's who I am. It's who you are. But Ariel, you're already recorded. set up your experience. And, and you're right. A lot of You're going to speak to a lot of people today. They're, but these are people who are already in your network doing deals with them and so on and so no, forth. No, nope. but, but for a brand new person coming in who hasn't even got a clue how all this works yet, they got to get out and start talking to new people. And that could be just on their street, could be at their kids' birthday parties, could be just start but not even, talking to But people. even if you eliminate the new, let's, let's eliminate the new, yeah. your sphere of influence. Yeah. I feel like agents are even more afraid to talk to the people they do know than the ones they don't know because well, they don't want to sell. But it's not just agents. Yeah, yeah. This is a, a problem in today's day and age yeah. because we get so uh, caught up in – the conveniences we talked about having groceries delivered to home. So you're yeah. not even going to the grocery store to be able to have an upside down yeah, name. Exactly. Tag, right. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's part of the problem. We're hiding behind the desk behind, you know, closed walls. Yeah. And, and then you couple that with the fear of being on camera and you're just setting it's yourself up for failure. Yeah. But as a new agent, uh, 
the way I train our staff, our realtors, before you're even doing any transactions or even a member. So Steve, uh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to go out here because we haven't pick on Steve Day. No, no, no. Uh, other Steve. Uh, so we have a new realtor joining oh, yeah. us right. uh, in uh, January. I've got him already sending selfie videos to us. So any communication oh. that we do is not by phone anymore. He's practicing, taking some so selfie videos. You're already videos. prepping him. Wow. You got to be comfortable. Yeah. Same thing we did with Heather, because the one thing I say, if you're joining our team, be prepared to have your face on camera anytime, all the time. And we catch them off guard all the time. And you have to be willing to do that. It's what people want to see. It's what gives good content. It's what, it's and, it, and it makes you relatable. They already know them. So the, those people that are randomly on Instagram and whatnot, while watching you guys, a, they know your story. characters, right? I got, I got home at about 6 o'clock a couple of weeks ago. There was a notice on the door from Canada Post. Package uh, delivered. You can pick it up at Shoppers after 1 o'clock. So I get into the house, have a quick bite to eat. I said to Natalie, I said, okay, I got to go pick up the package. I think that's something uh, important. I'm going to go to Shoppers and pick it up. Hopped in the car, went to Shoppers. Standing in line, I have my the notice. Give it to the lady at the counter. She goes, can I see some ID? Put my hand in my pocket. I go, oh, shit. I didn't bring a visa. I didn't bring no ID. Nothing. Just my phone and the notice. I said, oh, Jesus, I forgot my my ID. I'll, I'll, I'll come back later. Or I'll come back tomorrow. She leans in. She goes, that's okay. I know who you are. Oh, see? Perfect. I said, oh, have we met before? She says, no, I watch your videos all the time. Okay, thanks. Can I have my package now? <laughs> so she gave that's me the package. That's a wonderful story. And, um, anyways, uh, thanks for being on episode 50. Congrats to you guys. That's huge. Absolutely. Congrats to you guys. Pleasure having you on here. And I'm glad you just didn't invite me up here on my own because this gal makes me look good. Oh, yeah. More ways than one, Bill. More ways than one. (laughs) And uh, that's a wrap.